it's the Rotten Retro Time Machine! Whatever, mate. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the Rotten Retro Time Machine. 1996, which uh, uh, my two co-hosts, Gary Morby and Stuart Wilde, are telling me was a barren year for, for activity. But uh, I'd say... It, it was the year that Jarvis waved his waved his backside at Michael Jackson. It's an inappropriate child joke there somewhere, I'm sure. <laughs> Status quo sued Radio One. Yeah, <laughs> like I say, it was a barren year. <laughs> did they win, by the way? No, no, they lost. No, they only did it to get in the news to try yeah. and be relevant again, and they did for five minutes, and then. Yeah. They weren't it's, anymore. It's an intriguing one because I think they were doing a Beach Boys cover. And they couldn't understand why Radio One wouldn't play it. <laughs> <laughs> they just kept playing the Beach Boys version. Yeah. Oasis were in their pomp. You must remember that. They did the two big gigs. Nebworth. Nebworth. Yeah. Seemed like it was quite a big deal and uh, we didn't have much to talk about. Didn't We'd have plenty to talk about, but... Uh, Turns out the biggest talking point, Arthur Fowler leaving EastEnders. No! Was that oh, the I'd, year? 1996. I'd stopped, I'd stopped watching it by then. I'd left EastEnders years ago. Do you know what? That. Oh, I was hanging in there Arthur, with it. Arthur, or, or the actor who played him, Bill Treacher, or Treacher, yeah. uh, he, he was with you on that. His <laughs> <laughs> part in shot to the show was by the time I'd finished the sound of the theme tune made me feel depressed <laughs> you and everyone else Bill <laughs> so depressed he went home ripped the tablecloth off the table smashed the room up Sat Mrs. Treacher came back <laughs> yeah. got the got the Christmas fund money and went straight down the boozer yeah. didn't he die on the allotment Oh, I, I didn't. Oh, I'm doing a stew here. I didn't even look up how he died. Roles <laughs> reversed. I'm pretty sure Pauline bought him some sandwiches or something because he left them and he was just sat upright in his chair in the allotment, gone. Oh, oh that's, he that's faked, uh, he faked a his natural death. death. He faked his death. He went yeah. to Emmerdale. Nobody it's, noticed. It's, it's how he would have wanted it. <laughs> impaled on a pitchfork. <laughs> em, Emmerdale that year was interested as well because. On the, the December the 26th episode, uh, usually uh, your soaps are all supposed to be uh, like really happy and cheerful. Like someone gets married or there's a birth or somebody uh, um, proposes marriage. Mm-hmm. But no, not Emmerdale. They just killed off their main character. <laughs> Who went? <laughs> Again, I don't <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. This is killing me. This is poor. Oh, dear. Hey, I listeners. Like, well, no, I was, while I was researching it, I read it and thought, whoa, that's shit. <laughs> can I just point out here, our listeners do not tune in for comedy. They do not now apparently tune in for facts. What are they tuning in for? Hang on. I like, I like the us. way that your, your uh, approach to um, soap operas is they're they're usually full of fun and something um uplifting like marriages and parties and proposals and things that's not what i know of soap operas whenever i'm watching something at eight o'clock on bbc one and i turn over just as eastenders is finishing usually someone is in tears 
and that is every episode. Yeah, I am specifically talking about a Christmas. Oh, I see. Date special. Kim oh, okay. Tate bakes her own death. I've just I've just researched it. <laughs> the irony of this is right because I thought it might be at me. He's always at me about what year and what this. Yeah. In all the gones, I've actually copied and written down the year they died they, yeah, they, well, they, they, you know the read how old they were when they died sorry and mm. and what they died of and well, then i get this <laughs> yeah i'm not you gonna ask you now i'm too nervous you knew a woman once oh so, yeah arthur Fowler, bill treacher arthur fowler i mean like it's hard to distinguish the two great men like to to separate them but he was a bit he it, he was a bit knocked off by the end. Like, so they, they wrote him out. Um, he, he'd obviously left the C series for whatever reason. And then he had to come back to film his death scene. And he was a bit knocked about that. Embittered. Embittered. But he had quite an interesting career. Like, uh, I, I didn't know he, he was in the Sweeney. I really? remember seeing him in a, in a Colgate commercial. Did you? Yeah, he was. Well, he was, he was, like, he was permanently in his pajamas. He'd be perfect for that. <laughs> no, he was a he was a, a pharmacist explaining to children the benefits of Colgate, as I or remember. Free extenders. I think it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Doctor Treacher, yeah. we'll we'll see you now. <laughs> it must it must have been before Eastenders. Yeah, yeah. There's no he way he been. He was in Dad's Army briefly, one episode. He was in the Bill brief. Uh, I guess everyone's it, been in the Bill. Yeah. Gary's been in the Bill. I was. Yeah. And Casualty. I was there with you, Mark. Remember? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Been in Casualty more than once, have we? <laughs> Listen, I've had many nights out with you where at some point I've thought, this feels like the start of an episode of Casualty. <laughs> <laughs> Which one of us is it going to be? Yeah, exactly, yeah. Probably me, yes. What could go? Yes, what are you with your office <laughs> legs? So, oh, I'll tell you what I did find, a fact I never knew. It was about Dolly the sheep. So you say you can't get facts. Here's a fact. Oh, he's, oh he was a bit quite, quite passionate there, Gary. I know, yeah. He, he, well, he yeah. jabbed his finger and everything. He's like in 17 episodes or whatever it is, here comes our first fact. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll lay it out as a question to see how widely known it is. Like, Dolly the sheep. Who was Dolly the sheep named after? Dolly Parton. Oh, why? Because it was a, a mammary gland. The, the cell was taken from a mammary gland that they used to clone her. There you go. Sorry. <laughs> what happened to the Dolly the sheep in 1996? Uh, uh, she was born. 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 In 96. Yeah. I've often, I've often thought that was a, 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 how confusing that must have been for the, for the other sheep. At the, at the time it's like you you see them get packed off and you think well i'm not going to see i'm not going to see gene again and then <laughs> a few days later whoa or a few years later gene gene i've seen you for ages now you're confusing me with someone else mate <laughs> oh, i saw you a couple of years ago you're in that field you know with uh with brian and mary yeah 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 yeah, no, no, it wasn't me. It must have been someone, someone who looked like you. <laughs> I've, I've had a confusing day, actually, because I had an email from uh, a, a university that I work with in America, and they said, you need to speak to a guy at this other university, Jeffrey Bernstein. 
Whoa. And I thought, oh, that's a familiar name, isn't it? Like, so uh, I was thinking, oh, yeah, why's he, why he not changed his name? And then, uh, and uh, well, you can see where it's going. I was thinking, this is a, a, a odd one, isn't it? And then it took me about two hours to work out that the Rogan is actually called Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> <laughs> This guy's just got a perfectly normal name. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> concurrent to that, there was on, on it was all going off on the WhatsApps about mad conspiracy theories. And um, there was a chart of conspiracy theories and how certain wrongans had uh, uh, ended or departed uh, and le- leaving thus uh, conspiracy theory unsolved. And Epstein was on there. Jeffrey Epstein was on there. And people started laying in. Yeah, he was he was a dead wrong. And yeah, he was definitely murdered 100 percent. And then somebody who'd obviously not been part of the conversation jumps in with the words. Epstein, comma, murdered 100 percent. Next line by Yoko Ono. (laughs) I had to jump in and say, I think you love the Beatles a little too much, mate. (laughs) (laughs) Wrong Epstein. You're not tempted to put a how by singing to him. That's That's not the Epstein you're looking for. (laughs) But but the fact that you got got the name wrong, that is brilliant. I can't blame him any more than I can blame myself. A pair of flipping idiots. That's why WhatsApp conversations are so, so much fun. Everybody's stupid. <laughs> it's like when I met this bloke the other day called Fred Best. You know? <laughs> Honestly, I was bricking it. Drummer from the Beatles. <laughs> the great the, footballer. Um, the number great one on the list. The number one uh, on the um, conspiracy list, because I love a conspiracy me. But even this one was a bit con- inconceivable. But apparently, um, the number one the number one worldwide conspiracy list is that the Nazis were the first to land on the moon in 1942 because Hitler had the best scientists and he wanted uh, to to escape to the moon if it all went wrong in WW2. Anything to add to that? <laughs> Isn't there some sort of spoof horror film about that, about Nazis on the moon that was made recently? Oh, they made a film called Nazis on the moon. <laughs> That'll be the one then. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that uh, Gil Scott Heron? Uh, <laughs> Very good. It's his biggest hit, yeah. 2012, Nazis on the moon. Iron Sky, was it called Iron Sky? Iron Sky it was called. Is anyone, anyone we know in it? Was it one of those we oh, don't know actually? No, it's Sue, no Sue Pollard, Barbara Windsor, <laughs> Paul Shane, Paul Shane as Hitler. Get out of my orbit! Oh, Holland's in it. <laughs> yeah. Oh no! Oh, oh no! No no! Server, I can't see. Uh, I'll come back to you on that one. Yeah, I was having trouble with IMDb looking up movie facts earlier. It wasn't uh, it wasn't yielding. Wasn't yielding. Um, well, you, so, go sorry, ahead, sorry. I'll, I'll just say, just keeping on with this idea that 1996, while it should have been the 
a Britpop sensation and we were all down with the kids having parties in Tony Blair's uh, front room and so on. If you look at the top 40 of that year, it is Oasis are only in once for the entire. Well, it was so bad. But my first thought wasn't about the music. It's it's and uh, why why do they measure chart hits in the top third top forty? Like why is that why why settle on forty? Why is it not fifty or twenty five or fifteen would be a more manageable number for you? Was it to do that it fitted inside a, a two hour show like the chart show? Oh. So they're you know, they worked out that with a bit of chat and average out. They can average out at. It could be because I always thought it was like a top 75, really. But you only ever heard about the top 40. But yeah. I, I could easily be wrong about that. The Billboard 100. Um, yeah, yeah, they do that in America, don't they? Casey yeah. Kasem used to remind us about the Billboard 100. Yeah, it's to do with um, the radio and, and how it fitted into a format. <laughs> Welcome to the BBC Home Service <laughs> At number 40 It's Elgar It'll <laughs> 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 take two weeks To get, oh no, we're in wrong order again Beethoven's back At number one oh, They do that on Classic FM Every bank holiday Top, top 300 classical tracks yeah, so big year for Oasis, but they only managed to creep into the top 40 sellers once, according to this list. I mean, it's like the top top 10 is like... What was that? Was that Don't Look Back in Anger? Uh, yes. Yes, it is. Well, probably because the album came out in the summer of 95, yeah, didn't yeah, it? So it did. by 1996, yeah, there wasn't that Yeah, there was only a couple... Yeah. Uh, the ones. Tony, Tony it... Braxton, who I, I know this song that she's got at number 12, Unbreak My Heart, oh. reminded me that I've got this horrible thing that any song with the word heart in its title, my brain has to change to arse. <laughs> <laughs> and once you start doing it, you yeah, I know what you mean. Doing it. Yeah. So she's got un unbreak my arse, the twelfth twelfth <laughs> bestseller. <laughs> Tony Craxton. <laughs> <laughs> it's not it's not just Tony Blesser. I just like flipping I think some idiot on Twitter did it. Like how these things usually start. Like replace heart with arse. But yeah. now And it's stuck. <laughs> yeah, I'm stuck on arse, <laughs> and I want to return to heart. Yeah. <laughs> it's never going to happen. Never going to happen. Yeah. Hey, all, of, t- all of my arse by ABC. Sorry, arse. we could have gone all night here, couldn't yeah, we? Yeah. Let's, let's, must, let's draw a line under this night. My arse must go on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Once you popped. Exactly. Uh, 1996 was uh, was a very big year for the Subway sandwich chain because they opened their first United Kingdom shop. Oh, much needed. Zimbabwe yeah. sandwich shop. What's your line on the Subway, by the way? Well, I always think they smell great. Yeah. Like, and I, to the point where are they funneling that smell in? 
It's like, is that? Because <laughs> they all smell the same. You can't that say that about the grapes? takeaway next door. Yeah. Oh, I did love that. I don't know if you've seen it because obviously I'm addicted to Instagram amongst the many addictions that, that I have now. I can't drink at the moment. And uh, the, the real section on Instagram, there was this social media influencer who took a trip to the United Kingdom and she was doing this live piece from could have been Leicester High Street, could have been Lincoln High Street, because everyone's got one. But she said, like, hey, guys, I got to give you a little tip. If you want a snack, snack food, go to GR Eggs. <laughs> <laughs> she Brilliant. stopped somebody in the street and said, uh, you've just you've just come out of GR Eggs. What did you get? And the, this poor woman's looking at her going, uh, it's called Greg's. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. Well, going back to Su Bway. Yeah. <laughs> um, my, my my main problem is that you have too much choice. But it, it's just I just some days some days you just want to go in and get a sandwich, right? And, and and the best example I can give of this was it just reminded me when I was when I read it about something that happened in the subway on Monks Road opposite Lincoln College about four or five years ago. There was me. Uh, and the guy in front of me was about my age, and then everyone else and there was students, and it was a student doing the serving. And the girl serving said to this guy, "Can I help you?" And he went, "Yeah, um, I'll have a foot-long chicken salad, please." Oh, what bread would you like on that? Uh, like that on? He said, uh, "I'm not bothered." No, no, seriously, I need to know what bread. He went, "I'm not bothered." She went, "I need to know a bread, wheat, flat bread." He went, "I don't care, you choose." She went, uh, "All right, uh, flat bread." He said, "Okay." Then he turns to me and he goes. You can have too much choice sometimes, can't you? <laughs> right. And I went, and I went, yeah, tell me about it. You just want a sandwich, don't you? He went, yeah. Then the girl went, do you want cheese on that? He went, yes, please. What kind of cheese? What? Uh, <laughs> uh, well, I don't care, any. Uh, well, what about, I don't mind. I'm really not bothered. You choose some cheese for me. Oh, and can I have a coffee? Latte, cappuccino, espresso. <laughs> Look, I really just want a cup of coffee. White, no sugar. Is it too much to ask for? Um, well, she went, oh, OK, um, what kind of salad do you want? And he went, I don't care. <laughs> There's nothing I don't like. Just put some salad on. I'm not bothered. And he turns to me and goes, whatever happened to the days when he could just order a sandwich and a coffee? And then the girl says, would you like some dressing on that? He went, oh, please, have you got blue cheese? She went, no. <laughs> I just literally the bloke the bloke looked at me. We just walked out. I just thought, man, I, all these things I'm not bothered about. The one thing I want, not got. That was it. Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah, you're not getting that lunch hour back either, are you? No, I know. It's just like I, sometimes I don't want to think about it that much. This, and it's that it's that American obsession, isn't it, about choice? You know, it's just sometimes yeah. you just. It's just too much choice. Bring back some, some, you know. It's like what colour are your pajamas? I don't care the pajama bottoms. I'm not bothered. Just you know. Yeah. I have enough to think about. It was it was it was a big year for food though. Not only was Subway um, opened for the first time in the UK, genetically modified food was um, went went on sale in the UK for the first time, and it was some tomato puree that had had the. Uh, the rotting gene removed um so obviously it it lasted longer right um but i just thought why would you do that with tomatoes there are other things that would that would be in, in well for me anyway would be in, in front of the queue before tomatoes that you wanted to stop rotting 
pairs for a start. Because <laughs> you pairs leave go pairs, early, don't they? You leave pairs <laughs> in a bowl for what seems like months, and then there's a window of about 18 seconds where they're okay <laughs> to eat, and then they've gone. That's it. And if you're not there when it when you know, you forget it because they you you know they're there anyway. I think people would say the window of 18 months is the window. <laughs> you can only eat them in that very narrow period of time. It's, it's... It, it, I was, when I was younger, visiting old folks, they always had apples that were wrinkly. Yeah. Like, why? What, what was going Like, no one ever took an apple, you know. There was that apples that were like Keith Richards, basically, weren't they? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they, they they were there, but no one had them, and no, they were they shrinking. Just, yeah, and eventually you just threw them out and replaced them with new ones that were never <laughs> were never eaten again. <laughs> but they don't need the gene; they don't need the rotting gene removed because they'll last they'll last for ages. Yeah, hardcore, aren't they? Apples. Yeah. They yeah. don't need it. What else then? Well, what else needs the non-rotting gene? Yeah. Well, well uh, teeth, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think I, I'm suddenly thinking tomatoes. Johnny? <laughs> tomatoes. Yeah. <laughs> well, so. if stuff rotted in 1996, mate, it's okay because Febreze began <laughs> test marketing. Oh. So it's all right. And then by 1998, it was sold nationwide. Now, I get the idea of Febreze odor neutralizer, but how can you have a scented odor neutralizer? You're basically saying my product doesn't work. Yes. I'm I'm just covering up a smell with another smell. That's yeah. not that's no, not, that's not neutralizing. neutralizing it. No. And if it neutralized every odor, you wouldn't be able to smell the odor that was coming out of the thing. <laughs> It'd neutralize itself. Get out of that one and stay fashionable yeah. for breeze. <laughs> oh, I'm going to write what, to my what, MP about this one. Oh. It's, it's, it's for, <laughs> yes. So what does Febreze do? I'm not not even sure I've ever used it. It's like a fabric freshener, isn't it? Yeah. refresher a fabric refresher i think is the correct term yeah so if you've well in the adverts like, yeah i've never used it in the adverts if you've got like smells from your pets on your furniture and things like that you spray your furniture and it allegedly removes the or, or replaces the smell of your pets with something yeah. more pleasant i just um, remove the pet yeah just spray well, the pet i <laughs> worked with a bloke once who misjudged a fart and ended up following through oh uh, no, going to do nothing for that sure not far from home time <laughs> not far from home time so he did what he could and then um and then <laughs> in the gents and then found some febreze in the cupboard under the office sink and sprayed it over his trousers hoping it would get him through the bus ride home we found it the next day it hadn't <laughs> <laughs> and it was a very hot day Oh. oh dear. So Febreze doesn't work on everything. <laughs> it may not work on anything, I suppose. Yeah. Um, uh, do you, as a couple of old newspaper types, do you remember the Planet on Sunday, the newspaper? Yeah. Oh. Because uh, I don't, I didn't remember it at all. Apparently, it was a, it was a Sunday tabloid that focused on environmental issues. Um, what, that came out in 1996? It came out in 1996. The editor was this uh, multimillionaire. Um, and he appointed a former Sunday sport journalist. Yes. As the editor. Um, and in the first edition, there were some bizarre stories, as you would imagine. 
um, given that it was supposed to be focusing on environmental issues, yeah. there was a, there was a story about uh, a jilted gorilla that had resorted <laughs> to violence, and another story about how sunbathing gave you AIDS. Um, and it was it was apparently aimed at the same demographic as the Mail on Sunday, um, but it only ran for one edition because the owner wasn't happy with its content. <laughs> it's like well, you appoint a Sunday sport yeah. journalist as your editor. Yeah. And what do you ex- exactly? What do you expect? Well, start, start in a newspaper. We're going to cut down a load of trees to get this message out <laughs> that we're environmentally friendly. Yeah. Oh, you I, don't, that, I don't remember it, it at all. I don't remember it. But, uh, I'm, I'm, in my head, I, I think it looked a little bit like today, but right, colourful, blue band, yeah, etc. Yeah. One edition. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> haven't got it. Probably, yeah, you could probably get it on eBay for a fortune. I think that bloke's Febreze on his trousers lasted longer, didn't it? <laughs> I, I could see, I could see how. Uh, it would appeal to Daily Mail listeners, uh, readers, sorry, if uh, there were stories like sunlight, sunbathing could give you AIDS. That is that is a Daily Mail one all over, isn't it? It is, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But yeah. what are they doing now? It's European sunshine. Uh, and what was <laughs> what was the story about how 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 were what was the claim? How how were you able in this claim to while sunbathing get AIDS? Have sex with someone who's HIV positive while you're sunbathing. <laughs> have sunbathing, that would be the thing. Yeah. Um, the the report didn't go into the detail of how the how it was supposed to do it, but uh, th- those were a couple of examples of the stories from the edition. So, um, may, it, it's very possible that uh, um, someone's just winding me up and it didn't really happen, and I just because um, they don't expect people to remember it after one edition, so you could say anything, couldn't you? But. Um, <clears throat> but there was an angry gorilla and people getting AIDS from sunbathing, apparently. And an unemployed editor. Not connected. Not connected. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, oh. Uh, oh, France that year, completely changing the subject as well, just to move on. Um, France did its last nuclear weapons test in 1996. Um, and I'm sure it was said at the time, but I, I don't know why you need to test nuclear weapons. I think we knew since world war ii what happened when you when you detonated a nuclear bomb um when they go off bad things happen um yeah oh was this so, one where they know, bombed some fish uh i think it, it was somewhere in um south pacific was it some yeah polynesian but, islands and those um, dead fish well, i've seen that three times end. and i've never seen that yeah. seen <laughs> <laughs> but it was uh it, it's just it's just like, well, you don't need to test them. You know they're going to be bad, and it, you know if anything, they've got worse since World War Two. You don't, you don't have to keep testing these things. Oh, that's bizarre. There was um, there was a a hotel in uh, Allentown, Orlando, that um, I really wish I had been stuck in during a blizzard in 1996, because apparently in that hotel, stranded were the Orlando Magic basketball team, Marilyn Manson, and the cast of Sesame Street Live. <laughs> and Dennis Waterman. And Dennis Waterman, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You've ruined it for me, you <laughs> That would have been brilliant. Yeah. Be, uh, do you think they had a little uh, little turn around the piano? It, it's getting a bit David Bowie and... Uh, <laughs> 
Well, I'm not picture and... Marilyn Manson doing I Could Be So Good For You. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, like, pe- people, like, talk about Marilyn Manson with some concern, but his records are pretty good. Like, I have to say that, and his cover versions are superb. I've like, never really gone down that uh, rabbit yeah. hole. I've heard well, he, did, he did one of uh, Tainted Love, I think, didn't he? That I, I think I've heard. Which is which is quite quite an impressive yeah. thing. Did his mode one as well. I've seen an interview with him, and he seems like a really nice fella. Yeah, yeah uh, it's like Alice Cooper, just yeah. like yes. really an ordinary bloke, but just with makeup. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's probably a little leading to one of the Gorns. Um, All right. To dip in because somebody who I've never really really <laughs> listened to, yeah, Marilyn Mazza, who I've never really listened listened to. Um, there's another one here as well, gone. Real name, Lazane Parish Crooks. Gone! Otherwise known as Tupac. Oh, Tupac. Tupac. I I couldn't tell you one. uh, Obviously, you know, the second greatest rapper of all time, Gary, after yourself. Yeah. The the thing I remember most about Tupac was I was in the gym once when I I was young. I used to go to the gym. Um, And for some reason, this guy put his got changed and he put his t-shirt that he was going to wear in in the gym uh, on and he said nobody messes with this guy and it was a it was a t-shirt with Tupac Shakur on it and this was yeah. like a few years after he died and it's like hang on a minute mate someone messed with him in the worst way you can possibly mess with somebody and he didn't come back from and it he did, exactly he was like nobody messes with this guy yes they did Sorry to break that one to you, mate. And he, yeah, he, yeah, he yeah. skipped skipped off to the gym, happy in his ignorance. Unbelievable. <laughs> Probably still thought he was still alive. Well, apparently he has, in total, posthumously as well as, you know, in happier times, brackets alive, um, sold more than 70 million records worldwide. Wow. I know. I just, But it was a I drive-by, wasn't it? It was a drive-by yeah. uh, in Las Vegas. And he died six days later, apparently. Yeah, I don't can honestly say i don't i don't know any of his songs no, it's not aimed at us mate <laughs> <laughs> it's not made for us to listen to we don't we we listen to it, we just look sad Maybe steer away from it. To it steer away that's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what my grandma used to say no i don't i yeah i don't know why i've never listened you know i don't know why i've never never heard anything by him but uh, i don't suppose well, he was that he was that big at the time in this country was he um, I sort of hadn't heard of him until pretty much until he'd, well, he'd been shot it, and wasn't, then it was in the news he's on a, a long list of rappers there'll be like a thousand rap fans heads drop into their hands when I reveal this statement but yeah. isn't he in a long list of rappers who were shot yes <laughs> yeah uh, notorious uh, B.I.G yeah I think it yeah. has happened more than once certainly um, who to be Biggie fair, Smalls. probably a bigger, bigger target. That's notorious B.I.G., isn't it? Oh, is Biggie it? Smalls, yeah. I think he did have Biggie Smalls, obviously, because of the size yeah. of him. Well, as soon uh, as I said it, I was thinking, surely that's a primal tap after <laughs> that one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, to be fair, he was a bigger, slower-moving target, so I think that was unfair. Yeah, that's not... Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I always think if you've got an argument with somebody, just just, just send some people to shoot them. It, it, <laughs> it's, always, it's always worked for me. It seems pretty reasonable. <laughs> yeah. I can't see what all the fuss is about. Because apparently he'd been in, um, uh, Tupac had been in prison 18 months before. 
Oh, I thought you were going to say status quo. Status quo. He's been in prison with status quo. Some some bloke called Fred Best. Um, no, he'd um, he'd been in prison for for some some quite horrific sexual assault, and then oh, then involved then, then involved in gun crime. So, but it's okay, everyone. We can hold him up. He can be held up as a hero. So that's all right. So there you go. Moral high ground taken. Yeah, yes. not, not letting it go. Himself, is he? Not letting it go. Hey, I wonder if um, I've been looking through some uh, Nostradamus predictions uh, lately because uh, one fits in with 1996. And funny enough, I didn't see Tupac's death predicted by Nostradamus. That's unusual for him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, in 1996 uh, was when uh, the prediction about. 9-11 was discovered after 9-11 uh, and it turns out it was actually a hoax written by a guy called Neil Marshall um, who, who apparently he said he, 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 it was, uh, he created a fabricated example to illustrate how easily an important sounding prophecy can be crafted through use of abstract imagery. So, so the actual thing he made up was, in the city of God there will be great thunder, two brothers torn apart by chaos while the fortress endures. The great leader will succumb. The third big war will begin when the big city is burning. Nostradamus, 1654. Oh, Neil Marshall, 1996. So, yeah. uh, All right, yeah. Although, to be fair, apparently, I've been checking out some, some, some Nostradamus predictions, and apparently he did predict coronavirus in 2020. Well, uh, all right. In 1551, he wrote, this will be a twin year, brackets 2020, from which will arise a queen who will come from the east and who will spread plague in the darkness of night on a country with seven hills and will transform the, form the twilight of men into dust. To destroy and ruin the world, it will be the end of the world economy as we know it. There we go. Was there a world economy? Up, by the way. I've just made that up completely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but apparently he, he did. There is one. There is one apparently that has been found recently that did. You could say it was it was a prediction. It's being put forward as a prediction of it's a real one. Well, those Qualtrains, weren't they? Robbie Qualtrain. <laughs> um, in the feeble lists, great calamity through America and Lombardy. The fire in the ship, plague and captivity, Mercury and Sagittarius, Saturn warning. Yeah, apparently well, that's put as. I, I, that sounds more like he's predicting the death of Arthur Fowler to me. Yeah, yeah. I was getting, <laughs> I was getting. This is this is a Michael Portillo great train journeys predict. <laughs> well, I, I almost wonder actually if he's. I, I read that maybe he wrongly predicted an affair between me and the lead singer of Queen because it says Mercury and Sagittarius. Well, I was born <laughs> in the end of November. Hey. Yeah. Well, he got that one wrong, didn't he? Yeah. You know. So. Or did he? Da, da, da. <laughs> I, think, I think like the um, the the legend of Nostradamus really holds because he's written so much random stuff that something's got to stick. Mm. Well, that's the thing, isn't Adventure. it? Because I, 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 I was reading some things, some stuff about him, and somebody wrote the fact that he wrote in enigmatic poems or quatrains. Uh, means that his words can be endlessly reinterpreted to fit historic events. Yeah. Um, this make this makes trying to assess his accuracy a really tricky thing to do. Um, but what if we really squint? He said, 
given the benefit of the doubt, did he get anything right? And I found a couple of examples. Apparently, he did predict the Great Fire of London. He did predict Adolf Hitler. He did predict the Kennedy assassination. And he did predict uh, these podcasts. Is, this, <laughs> is that if we squint? Or is, that's if uh, you squint, yes. Yeah, yeah. That's if you, squint. Yeah, you see, even if he did predict the Great Fire of London or he did predict Adolf Hitler or he did predict JFK, I would want in that prediction him to use the words Adolf Hitler or to use the words JFK. Otherwise, it's not a prediction. Yeah. Could, I mean, I, I could get I could forgive him if he gets close and he says president of the United States is assassinated. Indeed. Then I could almost let let it go. But like. But I guess the United States yeah. wasn't even in existence, was it? Well, the Hitler one. The Hitler one. Let me read you the Hitler one. Right. Yeah. From the depths of the West of Europe. Yeah. A young child will be born of poor people. What does this child do? He will, by his tongue, seduce great troop and his fame will spread far beyond Europe. And then in another quatrain, uh, he mentions uh, Hister. Mm. Yeah. Uh, which could be Hitler, I guess. But um, it's, it could also be he's talking about the Danube River, apparently, as well. So, so yeah. you know, again, what do you do? Yeah, you ignore it and move yeah, on. Yeah, you probably do, don't you? Yeah. Well, I, yeah, but... I love all this stuff, though. I mean, I don't know uh, if if other people have been listening, but the uh, Uncanny podcast on BBC about these people who've seen ghosts and things—they've just seen stuff. <laughs> I don't <laughs> want to ruin the podcast because it's true, a truly brilliant piece of work. But they have just seen and heard stuff. Okay. <laughs> and I'd 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 like to I'd like to be a believer in all of this stuff. It's just it it's never it's ne- never comes on a plate, does it? It's never well. In sixteen sixty four, Nostradamus predicted Leicester City would win the FA Cup. <laughs> you know, it's kind of imagine the bets going on Leicester though before the game if he had (laughs) (laughs) in 2020 a great rap DJ from the city of Leicester (laughs) will gather fortnightly with two with two comrades (laughs) and talketh bollocks (laughs) and spin much as records yeah Mark Morrison's thinking we're talking about him right now Yeah. <laughs> that was his well. year, wasn't it? Ninety six. It was. Yeah. Oh, you mean he didn't have any other hits in any other year? I'm pretty uh, sure he ended up having a punch up in the pink coconut in Derby that year as well. That that that's you're back to your Nostradamus predictions there. <laughs> Nostradamus. <laughs> yeah. Most yeah. people had a punch up in the pink coconut though, didn't they? That was. That was part of the deal when you went in, wasn't it? The neon banana. Yeah, oh, we were. Uh, yeah, there was uh, another big goal that year. Gene Kelly. Gene Kelly gone. Yeah. Gone. Another. Um, they they uh, they recently checked his grave, and all they found was a tube of genetically modified tomato puree. 
that rotting gene had gone. Damn it. <laughs> I'm still a rain. waiting to say that. That's ridiculous. Look at it. Look at his little face. <laughs> Absolutely. Come on. Come on. Give that one to me. That it's, is a good it's, one. It's that the only gag of the show so far. <laughs> The only proper joke, and it gets bombed by Mark. That's not fair. It was just his little face. He's so happy with it. I got it in. Yes. yes. Brilliant. Another, another, another goal in that year. Beryl Reed, gone. Oh, Beryl Reed. You know, you know, the, the, the spitting image used to portray the Queen Mother mm. as Beryl Reed when there was the yeah. Brummie accent, wasn't there? Yeah, yeah. Beryl yeah. Reed wasn't from Birmingham. She was born in Hereford and grew up in Manchester. Yeah, but she played uh, played Adrian Mole's mum. Ah, is that what it was from? Oh, yeah. But yeah, she played his grandmother, yeah. yeah. The, oh, right. And the issue was, and I have this on good authority, that um, everybody turned up trying to crack the Leicester accent, the Leicester accent, and uh, uh, Beryl Reed rocks onto the set, and she said, I ain't doing that, I played this one, brummy. <laughs> I can't do Leicester. I'm gonna. I'm doing it, brummy. So like the whole cast suddenly became brummy, <laughs> so that Beryl could deliver a line <laughs> for Beza. They did it for Bears. Doing it for oh. Beryl. Uh, another another uh, elder statesperson of of show business, George Burns, gone. Oh, oh he yeah. was really old, wasn't he? Hundred, eight hundred. Oh gosh. Um, I would say The Sunshine Boys is up there, one of my favourite films. I haven't seen it for a long time, but absolutely brilliant. I have to say, I used to, I don't know if he, because you never see any repeats with him on or anything like that. So I don't know if what he was saying was inappropriate at the time or whatever, but, or not aged well. But I used to think he was quite funny. Like, Well, I, mate, me too. And and, I, and, I've, and on the back of that, cause I thought you, the same as you. I wonder if his jokes have, but they're fine. I've been looking at some of his jokes. They're really good. I, I've pulled some out. And, and I always quote this top joke, actually, because I always have the same approach, that happiness is having a large, loving, caring, close-knit family in another city. <laughs> <laughs> I always have that. And, and then he says, like, um, first you forget names, then you forget faces. Next you forget to pull your zipper up, and finally you forget to pull it down. Because <laughs> <laughs> he did some stuff with um, with Gracie, didn't he? Uh, Gracie... Um, uh, blah, blah, what's the name? In the fifties, so it, that, I mean that was quite groundbreaking, I guess, as well. To you know, to have a double act like that on telly. Um, at my age, flowers scare me. <laughs> <laughs> he said, uh, "I'm very pleased to be here." Let's face it, at my age, I'm very pleased to be anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that one it is. Uh, too bad all the people who know how to run this country are busy running taxi cabs or running hair or cutting hair. <laughs> Uh, and last one, I can remember when the air was clean and the sex was dirty. <laughs> yeah. So, but they, 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 they fine, they? I, 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 there wasn't one that I looked at that I thought, yeah, ooh, that's a bit Bernard Manning. You know what I mean? I yeah. I don't know whether he was a. I know obviously he was he was a big deal in in America. I don't know whether he he was at the, the same level in this country. Maybe that's no, we just don't see him it. because of that. He definitely. Yeah. I would have probably seen him on something like Des O'Connor tonight or something, and he would have mm. been. Yeah, that there. would have been it, wouldn't it? Yeah, so it's, yeah. Like, it's like j- jokes that are completely wasted on people who are too young to understand it. My yeah. my former housemate years ago, when I I would have been late thirties, early forties, and he was in his early twenties, and he got some new glasses, uh, and they were like these round black rim ones that he got given, right? And and 
someone at work had given him a cigar and he actually left them on the side on the kitchen worktop and he's and he's watching up and i walked in and went bloody hell george burns has moved in (laughs) nothing i mean nothing he just looked at me who's george burns no he presents victim factor that's what he's thinking (laughs) (laughs) wasted um ella fitzgerald gone oh she she produced some brilliant records yeah. Oh, I thought. Yeah, I do. Well, that, that, her cover of that Bee Gees um, song is up there with the best, isn't it? Which one's that? I haven't heard that. Oh, you know. Um, ah, you've got me on the spot on spot now. <laughs> no, <laughs> you know. Look at this. I don't. I don't. Look at this. You, don't know, what, you, you don't know what it's like to love somebody. That oh. one. To love somebody <laughs> like I love you. Is that <laughs> the Bee Gees or Ella? Uh, that, was, that, that was a bit <laughs> of a hybrid. Well, I didn't know this, but she'd gone full Arthur Askey, apparently, in 1993. She'd had both legs amputated below the knee. Um, so I never knew about I never knew that. Smoking. Uh, diabetes. Because, uh, yeah, I think I'd definitely... She was, she was in the um, a film about chess records. And I think she had quite a colourful life, definitely. Yes. Yeah, but I, I, to be honest with you, I thought she died before 1996, actually. So, mm. for some reason, I got it in my head that she died in the 70s. So, when, it was a bit of a ooh moment. So, John Pertwee, gone. Oh, that was a big Where's one. All? Where's all gone? I was on Doctor Who. Yeah. Gone one. Apparently, he was cremate, cremated uh, with a toy Wurzel gummidge fixed on his coffin. Following instructions in his will. Come on, Gary, get get another tomato puree. <laughs> <laughs> oh, one trick pony, are you? <laughs> but what were his heads oh, God, made yeah. out of? What were Wurzel's heads made out of? Was it uh, turnips? Weren't they like pumpkins or turnips? Turnips, more like a turnip. Yeah, that's right. Turnip with a carrot nose. Actually, no, it's not big enough for a turnip. The turnip's not big enough, is it? Ooh, I think it, it was in the show. Just, is just... it mango Wurzels or something? It's not. I can't remember. It's a long time ago now. But that's where it came from. Wurzel gummidge, as in mangle wurzels. Yeah. I think your carrots are quick to go, actually. You could put them on the list. Yeah. They could go ahead of tomatoes. (laughs) (laughs) Making a list. It's about the time of year for making lists, isn't it? What's his head made out of? I'm looking now. (laughs) There you go. Hey, listen. It's no good having the internet. Uh... Of course, in the new programme, it's all pesticide-free, organic uh, thing. But um, what was his head made of? It was made of... Don't you love it when it says it will be followed up in five seconds and we'll redirect you to a page? I just want to know. It was <laughs> Mangle Wurzel. Interchangeable turnip, mangle Wurzel and Swede heads. Ah, there we go, turnips. So we're all right. We all get a medal. Yeah. We all win. We're all winners. Was there, was there a large turnip... For John Pertwee's funeral. <laughs> didn't no work, did it? Didn't work. Um Percy do you remember Percy Edwards? Yeah. He was gone this year. I remember it used to be on Blue Peter a lot. Doing God, bird um, impressions. Doing bird impressions. And Ooh. do you know what? It was it, yeah, they were always very similar. It was like <laughs> do an owl. Do it, do an eagle. Woo! 
to, to do a train. <laughs> but no, it was just it was just always this. I remember I remember somebody comparing the noises he made to the birds that he was claiming to him being to impersonate and they were they were just i think he was just gambling on the fact no one would ever follow up and check it yeah and he, he, was, he made a career out of it he was the mike yarwood of bird impressions wasn't he they all sounded the same man of a thousand voices everyone the same i was fun bird impersonators deeply suspicious <laughs> what like danny larue <laughs> <laughs> Well, well, it's not to trust about Danny LaRue. <laughs> I, I take it I've told you my Danny LaRue story. Well, if you have, if you have. You, uh, this uh, this is not... it. The grand opening for the greatest yeah. story ever told. Well, when I, when I started out as a, a reporter, this I know a lot of stories start this way. But uh, Danny LaRue was bringing his one-man show to the Theatre Royal in Lincoln. And he... Uh, offered up an interview nobody really wanted to take it <clears throat> so uh, I, I was quite new and thought oh that'd be quite interesting I'll interview Danny LaRue so I chucked my name in and they said yeah yeah we'll uh, we'll have a big spread <laughs> on uh, the life and times of Danny LaRue so anyway like this is pre-internet days so you don't do get you know what I know about Danny LaRue is only what I've seen on TV, that he's a man who dresses as a woman. So uh, I'm wet behind the ears newspaper reporter. So ring, ring his number. Hello, darling. <laughs> <laughs> Straight away. And uh, start asking these questions. And they're like, it was kind of like, so how did you start out? How did you? And he was in some kind of mood. So I started asking him some questions about it, it obviously quite famous. He'd started during the Second World War and he was like music hall theatre and all that. So I started to ask him all of this and he halfway through a sentence, he just said, to be honest, darling, these aren't the sorts of questions you should be asking a leading star of British stage and theatre. So good day to you. Like slam the flipping phone down. And uh, I was like, oh, no, this is a nightmare because I'm quite new in my job. News editor comes over. Uh, yeah, we're planning two pages with your interview with Danny LaRue <laughs> uh, tomorrow. So uh, how's it looking? And I was thinking, oh, I'm in shit here. <laughs> so <laughs> it literally got about four lines out of it before he told me to slam the bloody phone down. I said, I need to talk talk to you about the Danny LaRue thing and he's like what's wrong I said oh I need to talk to you in private so anyway go, goes into uh, the office he said what's happened I said well he didn't like my line of questioning he said what did you ask him I said I asked him if he pushed his cock and balls to the back of his legs <laughs> <laughs> so that he could put his pants on in a certain way and not so nothing was revealed at the front and, he, and, and my boss went oh you didn't say that why did you say that you absolute idiot you can't go around asking a man who dresses as a woman <clears throat> if he pushes his cock and balls 
to the back of his legs. What were you thinking? And I said, well, I was thinking he was making a little vagina. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, how much of the interview did you get? I said, well, that was my first question. He was like, you idiot. You absolute idiot. I can't believe it. Now someone's got to go and ring, it, ring and apologise. And then I went, uh, that didn't happen really. So, like, I just thought <laughs> if I said that, <laughs> you'd be less angry. This is what really happened. He was in a bit of a mood. <laughs> he was like, oh, thank God for that. <laughs> he said, I thought, well, I was going to have to ring him and explain that <laughs> we're not that type of newspaper, like, which we absolutely were. <laughs> so that was it. And then... <laughs> Someone else got the interview. He was happy to talk to someone else. <laughs> but I tell you what, if I'd have interviewed him again, I would have asked that. <laughs> That'd have been my first question. <laughs> Boiler room. Have you, have, you, have, have you ever pushed your twin set to the back of your legs? <laughs> to make a mangina? Yeah. <laughs> wow. I, I can't see how he could have been offended by that. I'll be honest, with you, even I'm even I'm relieved that you said I didn't really I didn't really say that. For one moment, I was waiting for him to go. I didn't say that, but then the longer he went on with it, I'm thinking, oh, sure, he, did, he really did he say did. that. <laughs> yeah. Was that you as well? Did you think that? Well, I did. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, that's me, Danny Larue story. <laughs> it's more of a you, it's more of a you story than a Danny Larue story, isn't it? Well, it's Danny Danny you Danny you isn't it? All right. So, um, advice for anyone anywhere is screw something up at work. Go and tell your boss that it's 30 times worse than it actually is. Yeah. And then I think when, that's... when it unravels, you're in less trouble because less damage has been done than as first expected. I'm really sorry. I'm really, really sorry, good. boss, that I deleted all those really important files, but... It, it, it was Dan LaRue's fault. I was just thinking, I wonder if he pushes his cock and balls behind his... And, and I lost my concentration for a moment. And, and it was gone. Hey, 1996 was the uh, Summer Olympics in Atlanta. And um, I have got two completely non-sports-related uh, facts about the Olympics in Atlanta. Um, do you know that based on what we talked about the other week, about the Sydney Olympics... Only 15,000 condoms were ordered for the Atlanta Olympics. <laughs> you can tell it was tell it was the Bible Belt, can't you? <laughs> um, and yet, four years earlier in Barcelona, 90,000. I'm now a bit obsessed with Olympic game condom rations now. Yeah, I think, I think it's how you. It definitely is how you measure a good Olympics. I think. How how many was it in the last time you? It was, it was well, that's ordered some more. Two hundred thousand, wasn't it? That's ordered some more, didn't they? That's ordered some more, yeah, so it yeah. was over a hundred thousand. Yeah. Um, can, can you look up how many were ordered for the um, Winter Olympics in Utah? <laughs> yes. Well, <laughs> well, well, in Lillehammer, it was forty thousand. <laughs> Hang on a second. You want you want what Utah? Okay. Yeah, it's just I'm, I'm going in that? the summer. I want to know what the chances that's Salt are. Salt Lake City. Salt Lake, Salt Lake City. City. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, unbelievable. 100,000. That be- <laughs> They actually beat, they actually beat Sydney. Unbelievable. Utah's a, it's a properly religious place, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. 
it's where yeah. you where the Mormons come from. Yeah. Whereas in Seoul in uh, Korea in 1988, only 8,500. Okay. Anyway, enough of these condom related things. <laughs>